So are you ready for the word? Yes. Amen. I am. Before, no, we're not sitting yet. We're not sitting yet. Let's honor the word. Let's honor God, Jesus Christ of heaven. Um, Jesus, I, I, I will not call your name in vain, but these people are daring me to. Amen. Let's be on our feet one last time. I know we are really tired. Amen. Amen. Um, let's honor God and just join me in the book of Exodus chapter 2. Um, Exodus chapter 2 and from verse, I believe from verse, from verse 21. Excuse me. Exodus chapter 2 and from verse 21. Alright, here we go. It says, um, Moses agreed to stay with the man who gave his daughter Zipporah to Moses in marriage. Verse 22. Zipporah gave birth to a son, and Moses named him Gershom. That's a very weird name. If you are looking for a child, a name for a child, that's one. Gershom, right? I don't know what it means. <laughs> Sorry, it's here. Saying, I have become a foreigner in a foreign land. Verse 23. Um, so people who are who are planning to travel to America anyway, that's like that, name your child that, and probably you travel to America. <laughs> anyway, during that long period, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out, and the cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. Verse twenty-four. So okay, God heard their groaning and He remembered His covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. What's the next verse? And so God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. Right, if you're reading your all right, nobody's reading your actual Bibles. If you're reading your actual Bible, this is the end of chapter, this is the last verse in chapter two. Right now, let's go to chapter three, it's a continuation. So, Exodus chapter three and verse one, let's go. Where are we? Where are we? Where are we? Where are we? All right, now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father in law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Verse two. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. Verse 3, I love that. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. Verse 4, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to Luke, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, I just assume as I sounded. And Moses said, here I am. Verse 5, I love that, here I am. Verse 5, do not come any closer, God said. Take, take, me, take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. ground. Say here is holy ground, everybody. Holy ground. Amen. Um, this evening, I plan on preaching or speaking to you, whichever one, on the topic or on the sermon titled, um, Necessary Interruptions. Necessary. Say necessary interruptions. Necessary interruptions. Let's say that very well. Say necessary interruptions. Necessary interruptions. Holy Spirit God, we ask that you breathe on your word, that you teach us. You sure, sure goodness in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. amen. Glory to God. Amen. You may be seated now, officially. Ah, <laughs> uh, good God of heaven. Um, I don't, I don't, I wonder, like, thank God we have any Navy, Soviets, we don't have anyone who's served in the Navy before because everybody stand, I've just been standing up for like 14 minutes and they're like, oh my, my knees are feeble, God. <laughs> amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Um, um, necessary interruptions. If you hear the word interruption, um, what's the first thing that comes to your mind, right? Because we have like more different uh, different generations here. So from the older generation, I believe this is the first thing that should come to your mind if you hear the word necessary interruption. The first thing is this: um, when there used to be uh, okay, if you ever if you 
I don't know, for, for people who were born yesterday, if you don't know what, if you do not know there's a thing in Nigeria called Nigerian, uh, it was, I believe it was Nigerian Television Authority, NTA, do you know NTA, NTA exists and it still exists, glory to God. Uh, NTA, um, maybe in the midst of like, during the program, thank you, in the middle of the program, uh, perhaps Super Story, I don't know why they call it Super Story, there's nothing about the stories anyway, but uh, maybe in the middle of Super Story, right? They want to announce something, like uh, maybe the speech of the president. So they just caught, they just caught the show halfway. I don't know if you ever, you might not have never seen this. You guys are like, just kidding. <laughs> but for the older generation, they must have seen that and they just caught the show halfway and they just say something like, bah, bah. like um, this is the public service announcement and they show whatever they want to show. And that's, that's for the older generation. Now, for the younger generation, this is one that we probably will understand more. When you hear the word interruption, this is the first thing that comes to your mind. You're talking with someone and they just keep on cutting in. You know that kind of thing. Like those crazy people, like, they're trying to say something, they're trying to say, they're, just, they're trying to say something, but they're not even letting you say it. They just caught you. Like, okay, I know, a, I know a girl who used to do that thing for me, and God, I thank God that she met my um, after Christ life, right? And did not meet my before Christ, my BC life. Because my BC life would have knocked her teeth out. Like, you're trying to talk to this person, you're trying to say something, and she just caught, keeps cutting in. She's not even saying, sorry, can, sorry, can I say something? No. You might not, uh, um, what, what about this? Like, you're not even like, let me say. <laughs> Amen. So that's interruption, if you are from this generation. But the interruption I'm speaking about in my sermon today is kind of different from the earlier um, mid-examples. I, I plan on showing you something. If you were here last week, um, you would probably understand. If you're not, don't worry, I'll carry everybody along. Um, last week we spoke on uh, the myth of there. The myth of there. And that is where we, I said that God is saying that we should, we should no longer attach our, our confidence, our happiness, right, to, to goals. Right, there is a goal. Like, when I get there, I will be this. Like, when I get married, I will be happy. When I get um, a job, I will be fulfilled. So we attach our confidence and our joy to there. And that's why, that's why we've discovered that at some point, we're just never happy. We're just never fulfilled with ourselves, right? Because we have attached our fulfillment, our confidence to goals there, right? And then what happens is, okay, some of us here, we did this thing like at some point now, but if by the time I'm age so, so, and so, right, I would have done this. Like by the time I'm 20 years old, I'll be the richest man in the world. Like, hello, I'm more than 20 now, I still don't have 2,000 right in the bank account, <laughs> right? Every guy should have done that at some point. Like, by the time I'm age 23, I should be married, I have three kids, I call them Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimbo, and Johnny, I don't know. Like, you do all of these things in our minds, but the thing is, when we now get to age 23, and the kids are not there yet, what happens? We become very frustrated, and then we move our day forward again. Like, you, we, you have set your day as, okay, this is the position I would attain for me to be satisfied. Or fulfilled with myself. Now, when you get to that position and you still don't, and what those things you had hoped you would have by now or by that time, you don't have them. You don't feel fulfilled. So, what do you do? You move your day forward again. But don't worry, by the time I'm 30 years old, I will be fulfilled because I would have found the love of my life. I would have done this. I don't know if this makes sense. And so, that's why some of us are never happy. We're never fulfilled to ourselves. Not because God doesn't want us to be happy. God wants you to be happy. God wants you to be at peace with yourself. God wants you to be fulfilled. But the problem is you have attached your fulfillment to a position, right? That when I am done with school, right, I will feel happy. When I have the certificates, I will be at peace. Like, ah, oh God, God you, your pastor tells you in church, be happy, be at peace with yourself. Like we said in, in Notre, this, this earlier today, 
uh, be still and know that Lord is, that uh, that your God is good, something like that, right? And you you say, yeah, that's cool, that's good. But have you seen my GP, Pastor? My GP right now is like is like shaky legs, tanky leg, like my GP is like this. And so you are so scared in your heart, and then you say, okay, you know what? When my GP is good, I will be happy. But guess what? You might just never be happy because of the goal of the enemy has been not. Your, see, the enemy is not concerned about your GP. No. The only reason the enemy wants to attack your academics is because he knows that it will attack your heart. The only reason the enemy might want to attack your academics, right, is because he knows that if he attacks your academics, your heart will be affected also. Because he knows that if once our academics or his, his results are not very good, his heart will be troubled. The enemy, the enemy does not want to do anything with your children. But the only reason the enemy will attack your children is because he knows that once your children are, are affected, your heart will be affected. So the end goal of the enemy's plans is not those things he's doing it through. It's you. Are you getting this? The only reason your enemy, the enemy is so, is the only reason your friends are acting naughty is not just because that, the, the, the goal of the enemy, the enemy will not waste his time on things that are not profitable. So the enemy will attack your friends, make them act anyhow to you, just so you can get angry. The end goal of the enemy's plan is you. I don't know if you're getting this. The enemy's plan is to get to you. And so the enemy, God's plan is for you to be fulfilled and happy now. But some of us will attach our fulfillments to there. And because we have, we have tied our fulfillment, our happiness and satisfaction to um, moving goals, moving goalposts, something like that, right? Whenever we don't meet it, we keep on feeling frustrated. That's the myth of there. God wants you to be happy now. God wants you to be at peace here. Amen. Don't wait till, the, till, the, till you have money in your bank account. Don't wait until everybody starts to follow you on Instagram. Don't wait until people start listening to your music before you feel happy with yourself. Don't wait until everybody notices your talents before you feel good with yourself. You know, there's, there's another one that says, um, when I find the right man, I'll start loving myself. When I find the right person, when I find someone who will love me, then I'll start loving myself. God wants you to love yourself here and now. Right? If God so loved the world, do you think God would waste his time on... Why do you think... Do, do, do you ever think that God would want to waste his time on someone who doesn't even realize, realize that they are supposed to love themselves here? God wants you to love you now. This version of you, I know this version of us is not always the perfect version. But that's the crazy thing. Because the enemy also tells us things like, wait until you have the perfect version of yourself. Until you have the kind of body you want. Like, until you have the kind of face you want. Until you have lost X number of pounds or, or kilograms. Until you are perfect in your shape before you can love yourself. Until you're perfect in your beauty or something before you can love yourself. Listen, love yourself here and now. Because God loves you here and now. God is not waiting for the perfect version of you to love you. God is, wait God is here right now to love you. To show his face and glory. Amen. Amen. So that's the myth of there. Now that was last week's sermon. Today is necessary interruptions. Now, um, we see Moses. I love Moses a lot. Right? Because Moses can be like me. Moses has got a bad temper. I have a very bad temper. I don't like getting angry because I have a bad temper. Right? But also, it's written in the book of Exodus that Moses was the most humble man on earth. I'm trying to be like that. <laughs> Amen. But now we are reading about Moses. And there's something beautiful about the scripture. And I'm telling you, I've had this sermon 
on my mind all week and it's burning inside of me. Are you ready? Now I want you to go back to um, Exodus chapter 20, sorry, chapter 2 and verse 21, the very first verse. Thank you. So Moses agreed to stay with a man who he gave his daughters, Zipporah, to Moses in marriage. All right. Now verse 22. I want to show you something. Now Moses gave birth to a son and Moses named him the name Gershom. Right? Sounds like it, like a species of pepper. I don't, pepper, I don't know. Uh, Moses named him Gershom. <laughs> saying, I have become a foreigner in a foreign land. Now, do you know that the actual interpretation of the word Gershom, the Hebrew interpretation, actually sounds like a foreigner there. That's what the word means, a foreigner there. Now, it's crazy how Moses, right, is alive. Listen to this, everybody. I want you, I want you to pay attention. Moses is very much alive, right? But he's not exactly in God's plan for his life. Moses is in a place that he called there. Are you, are you following me? Yes. Moses now is in a place called there. Not the place God wants him to be. Oh. Are, you following, are you following now? Yeah. Moses is where... You know, it's crazy how we can... It's crazy how some of us would spend the rest of our lives chasing after things God does not want for us. We will spend the rest of our lives chasing after career as God has not called us to. Some of us would spend the rest of our lives trying to be someone God has not called us to be. Imagine, thank you, Holy Spirit. Imagine if I chose comedy over being a pastor. I was doing comedy, just so y'all know. Imagine if I chose comedy over being a pastor. I'll be here, I'll be here now struggling to get a show and to get popular and something like that. And I'll be missing out in purpose. See, listen, fame is not as important as purpose. What God has written concerning you is, most, is more important than anything you can write about yourself. Are you listening to me? Yes. What God has written concerning you is more important than what anybody can say about you. What, see, what God has written concerning you is more important than what your parents think you should be. And so, Moses right now is there. <laughs> A foreigner there. But where God wants Moses is where? Here. Are you listening? Now I'm painting the picture and I want you to follow me with the whole of your heart right now. Now, can you jump to, um, uh, I think it was, okay, now jump to the next chapter, Exodus chapter 3. I want to show you something, because this is probably um, a story everybody knows about, right? You know the story of um, Moses and the burning bush. You must have heard that story at some point. You saw a burning bush, it was on fire, and da da da. Uh, according to what, um, uh, what's the super book? You, do you know super book? Did anybody ever see Superbook? The cartoon show, did you? You saw it? Yeah, good. Now, Superbook, uh, <laughs> some people remember the show. Now, Superbook was, uh, okay, anyway, that, I'm not even trying to like, talk about Superbook. How Superbook painted this story was that Moses was like, you know, talking to, like, trying to like, lead the ships and all that. Then one of the ships got lost, got missing, and so he was chasing after the ship, and then he saw this burning bush. Amen. So I'm using Superbook as like my parenthesis now. Now, can you go back there? Good. Just go back to verse 1. Verse 1. Look at what the actual Bible says, not the super book. The actual superficial book. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law. Where was he here? There. Don't forget. Forget where he is. I just want you to have the word there. Moses is where? There. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness. I came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Verse 2. And there, do you see the word? Do you see the word? Yes. Did he say here? No. 
Uh, what did he say? There. I love this Holy Spirit. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Now Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn out. Now, you know that it's, <laughs> it's crazy because God will, God will interrupt your life. Or God will, God, listen to this. If you are in a place like this, right? What God will do for you, right? Is he would, he would interrupt your life to get you back in plan. Are you listening to me? If you are somewhere God does not want you to be right now, what God will do is he will interrupt your life so he can bring you where he has, he has in mind for you all along. Amen. Amen. Because listen to this. Now, can you, now, he says this. Hold on, just hold on. That the angel of the Lord appeared to Moses in flames of fire from within a bush. I love this. Do you know why I love this, um, this verse very much? Because I got, like, the image of a burning bush came to my mind as I was preparing this sermon a couple of days ago. I was thinking of this. Everybody listen to this. Now, a burning bush. That's a bush that's on fire. But the bush was not burning. Now, listen to this. Fire connotes one thing. Or connotes two things. Of course, fire connotes the Holy Spirit. But also, fire connotes destruction. Are you listening to me, everybody? Yes. Fire represents destruction. But it is crazy that this fire that represents destruction was not burning the bush. Okay. Now, here's where I'm going. Listen, the plan of God, right, is to interrupt your life. Right? And that explains why some of the storms you've been experiencing in your life have not, were, not, were sent by God, but not to destroy you. Some of the things that would interrupt, that's would, the necessary interruptions I'm talking about, some of the necessary things God will send your way, storms that God will send your way, is not to destroy you. Guess what? The fire was meant to disturb you. If you're a little bit confused about this, let's remember our old friend, Jonah. Do you remember, that Jonah? Do you remember about Jonah? Yeah. Have you heard of the word Jonah before? You must have heard God like to sleep. That's a lie. He only slept one time. And the Bible says everybody comes, keeps on calling him the sleeping Jonah. But if you remember Jonah carefully, God told Jonah to go somewhere. Nineveh. Where did Jonah go to? Tashish. Do you remember this? And then do you know what God did? I love God. God is so perfect. He sent a storm. Some of the things that you're probably going through right now in your life, some of the storms you are going through right now are not from the devil. Mm-hmm. Listen carefully. Some of the storms you are going through in your life right now are not from the devil. God will send storms. Guess what? Not to destroy you. It's to what? To disturb you. The fire on the bush, but the bush did not burn. Meaning God's intent was not to destroy you. It was to what? Disturb you. Because that was what called Moses' attention. Listen, it's crazy. But do you know God could have called Moses' name without Moses seeing the fire? I mean, God, God is God, all-powerful, all-knowing. He can just call Moses, Moses. I know you're tending the flocks, but Moses, Moses, listen to me right now. Moses is in the bathroom like, oh, water in my eyes, open my eyes, and all that. And then just says, Moses, Moses, in the bathroom. That could have happened. I don't know if they had bathrooms back then, but I guess they had somebody wash their body. But God could have done that, but he didn't. Because maybe he has been. Maybe Moses was just so clouded with everything he's been running from. Because before 
Exodus chapter 21, 2, 2 chapter 21, verse 21, rather. Bible tells us that Moses ran from home, where God had intended for Moses to fulfill his purpose. Moses ran from home because he killed someone. Some of us are allowing the, the mistakes of our past, derail us and what God has called us to be. Moses killed one person. But it's so crazy how someone who is a killer, God will still take interest in them. And that, that, and that becomes the question, like, like, what have you done? Like, you know, someone's, like, someone's like, man, I don't think God can save me. Like, what have you done? What's the worst you've done? Someone killed someone and buried him himself. Like, to have the guts to kill someone and then to go the extra length of to actually bury the person. Moses did that. And still God had interest in Moses. Listen, I don't know who you are. I don't know what you did before coming here. I don't know what you thought of before coming here. I don't know what you're, what's even going on in your mind right now. But God has you in mind. God has a plan for you. The Bible says in Jeremiah 29, a plan to prosper you. Right? A plan to give you peace. He said this. He said this. It's to give you a future and a hope. A hope and a future, rather. God has you in mind. God will take Moses, a murderer, and would propose him or destine him for greatness. Hey, listen to me now, everybody. So now Moses is somewhere called there. And God's necessary interruption was, was to do what? Was to disturb Moses. Some of the storms you're going through in your life right now, they're not from the devil. Some of you are like, oh, come everybody, nobody wants to talk to me. Every of my friend is just, every of my friend, like I was talking to someone the other day, and then she was just complaining to me. I don't know, people are just very <clears throat> holy. Um, I don't know, you just came up out of nowhere and started complaining to me how people are acting strangely to you. You acted strangely to me to begin with. And I just still pitied you. Oh, sorry, I showed you mercy. <laughs> Using Bible terms here. Amen. But it's crazy how, you know, you can be complaining that, God, how come all my friends are leaving me? God, how come this relationship is not working? God, how come these people, these people are leaving? How come nobody is caring for me? How come it feels like I'm, I'm all alone? Listen, it's crazy. But the thing is, I guess the reason God didn't call Moses when he was at home was this. God wants Moses alone. Are you listening now? The things that, the storm that God is sending in your direction is for him to get your attention. The storm coming in your direction is to what? Get your attention. Because God had greater plans for Moses than hiding some of, some of us, we do a great job in hiding. We know how to hide. And I'm not just talking about like hide and seek, uh, count to 30. No, no, no. We know how to hide from what God is calling us to be. We know how to perfectly hide. Like I'm, I'm still very much unsure of sharing this, with, if I should share this with you or not. But there's, there's a story that's very pe peculiar to me. And it's this. Um, three years ago, right? Uh, yeah, it was three years ago. I remember this time three years ago, as a matter of fact, this month, three years ago, I should not be here. Like this, this month, three years ago, from, I mean, three, three years from this month, three years ago. <laughs> three, yeah, three years in this month. Do you get the idea? I should not be here. I, actually, I remember this time, 2020, I was actually processing my visa. No, by the way, I had my visa to travel out of the country. I want you to listen to this, everybody. I had my, and this is not like me saying that because this mind is here, then everybody, but listen to me. I had my visa processed, right? I was ready to go. Like, ah, JP, 
I remember my friend telling me that that uh, very soon her name will be da 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 JP. I was like JP like Jerusalem pregame. That's no 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 jackpot. I like, what does that even mean? Anyway, like that would have been the same case with me, right? Three years ago, I wouldn't, I shouldn't be here now. But guess what God did? Guess the necessary interruption God sent? COVID. <laughs> like coronavirus was a necessary interruption God sent. Like some of us have been asked, we're asking God, God, give me more time. I need more time with you. I need to pray, God. And God said, All right, no problem. You say school is too much. All right, COVID. <laughs> now you have six months yourself to pray to me. <laughs> But these are necessary interruptions. Remember, why God is sending these interruptions is not to destroy you. It's to what? Disturb you. Necessary interruptions. Now, I don't know where you are in your walk with God. If you are at the beginning, if you're in the middle, or if you're nowhere near it. This sermon is, is God's way of what? Disturbing you. God wants to disturb you. Not destroy you. Because he wants you where he wants you. Say, God wants me where he wants me. And where does God want you? Purpose. Now, if you could go back to Exodus chapter 3. I want to show you something. Exodus chapter 3 and uh, move forward. Says, Moses thought, I would go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush does not burn up? Verse 4. And when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look. When God saw that he now had Moses' attention, then he called to Moses. Because the Listen, I don't, know, I don't know if you believe this or not, but God, God is all-powerful. And I know that God can force us to listen to him. But it's so crazy how God doesn't. But God patiently waits. Let me see if I can get his attention. Let me see if I can get our attention. Let me see if you listen to me. God will position things to disturb your attention. God just wants you to focus on it. God, listen, God, could, God has angels in heaven. Billions, all the stars in the galaxy, more than we can count, bigger than this earth itself. One star is bigger than planet Earth, and all of these things are praising God. But God still wants us, regardless. God wants you. I don't know if you believe it or not, but God wants you. He, because He has proposed something for you. Listen, what God has designed for you is bigger than you know. Moses here, if he was going to label himself anything, he would label himself a murderer, someone who ran from home. Someone who ran from God's promises. But guess what? What God has written concerning Moses is bigger than anything he can write about himself. What God has written concerning you is bigger than anything you can write concerning yourself. You've written yourself off as, you know what? I'm a failure. You know what? I just can never do it. You've written stuff about yourself. But then God is like, is that all? Like, this is it. This is what you did when you were 13. This is what you did when you were 18. My blood covered that. What I have for you is bigger than you ever know. What God has for you is bigger than you can ever imagine. What God has for you, what, listen, God has written every person, every person sitting here today. Your name is tattooed on the palms of God. He has you in mind. Every, no, no second goes that God doesn't think about you. I know it's very crazy. Like, if, if everyone had like Instagram, God would be following you. I know it's crazy that God follows me. Yeah. God followed Moses into the wilderness. God followed Moses. And by the way, doing pasturing sheep is not a very clean job. Like those sheep, or have you, have, you been, have you seen sheep? Like have you seen meh, meh, these barbar things? Like very not clean. God still followed Moses regardless. God will follow you. God, listen, even when you were making your worst mistake, God was there. 
By the way, he was not there to destroy you. He was just waiting to get your attention. These are necessary interruptions God will send into our lives. I don't know if you're working in purpose or not. If you're not working in your purpose yet, what God has waiting concerning you, concerning you yet, guess what? Wait. Because the storm is going to come to disturb your attention, to disturb you. God wants to get your attention. So do you have God's... Do you... Do you are you even... Let me say, are you even present enough to hear God when He's calling? Some of us, the problem with us is not that we don't hear God calling. It's just that we have so many things in our minds. So many things in our minds. Doubts, fears, insecurities, like stories, our past, everything is just in our minds. And it's very crazy. But that's the same reason why God chose to come to um, God chose to come to Jonah when Jonah was asleep. God chose the storm to come when Jonah was what? Asleep. Why he was trying to get Jonah's attention. God wants you. Listen, God is all-powerful. He doesn't need us to be God. Mm-mm. But he wants us. He wants you. God, and God wants you to give him your own divided attention. Amen. Now, look at this. Look at this. Verse 4. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called Moses from within the bush. He said what? Mo- Everyone, let's call his name together. Say Moses. 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 Now, I don't know what your name is. Now, someone's pronouncing that very funny. But um, I don't know what your name is. I just want you to assume that God, that God is calling your name. I know you might not want to like, yell your name out because some of our names sound like Chinese. So, I might not want to yell it out. Right? Whatever your name is, I just want you to assume that that's your name God is calling. So, God is calling him. God is calling me from within the bush. Emmanuel. Emmanuel. God, that voice sounds very sexy. Holy Spirit, thank you. I'm here. And Moses said, this is it. Listen to this. Moses said this. Here... I am. Moses was there. But guess what? God's plan all along was to get Moses' attention to be here. Like, here I am. Like, God, not not there anymore. Here. Be present with God. Be present with God. Don't be so, I don't know, so when I get there, there, there. God, don't say stuff like, when I, you know what, when I, when I, um, like a friend of mine once told me one time, when I become 60 years old, then I will accept God as my personal savior. But for the next 50 something years of my life, let me live it. <laughs> but I don't think, the truth is, I don't think you can ever live your life outside of the one who has designed it in the first place. Exactly. It's, like, it's, like you, it's like you taking your phone and, take, and dropping it in charge at home. Guess what? Your phone will run, will run out of battery at some point. And guess what? If it's dead, it's dead. If there's no charger, it won't come back to life. And so the point of staying with God and staying plugged into God is so we can always be alive. Amen. Amen. And so, I don't want us to be people who, you know, do things like that. Say, when I get there, then I will. When I get there. I want God's, God's plan for us all along is to be present here, now. Fix your eyes on God. God wants your attention. God wants you to just look to him. Like turn your eyes and just behold his beautiful face. God is looking at you morning, afternoon, night. He's here talking to you right now. Are you listening to me? And all God wants is what? Your undivided attention. God wants you to focus on him. Amen. I know that our plans and our goals in life can sometimes distract us. 
Like I got school, I got this, I got business, I got family, I've got all of these things. Right? On our minds, and our minds are just bogged down with all of these things. But really what God wants is just for us to stay silent in our hearts, like we learned in Nurture earlier today. And just listen to Him. God wants to speak. Right? And guess what? If you don't listen, he would, God is just perfect. He would, he would find His own way to get your attention. God will do anything possible to get your attention. Like I know, now, by the way, God does not design or craft evil. God doesn't do that. But sometimes He lets it happen. So you can hear, so you can look, you can look to him. Some of us are at home crying, my boyfriend left me, God, my boyfriend left me. God's like, oh, you're coming back to me now. Yeah, this is what I wanted. <laughs> some of us are like, okay, God forbid, I don't pray, I don't pray this happens to anybody. But some people, they're so stubborn. On, if, if, on, God, they will never, I mean, God will never get their attention until something very bad, like an accident happens to them. Then they start praying to God. God, look him, have mercy, Father. Just forget the God. What is this? God, I want to be able to walk my the rest of my life. They said, my, they said I won't be able to walk. I don't want to amputate my leg. And it will get to that point. But don't, the goal after all was just for God to get your attention. You just made it very difficult. And so this is like, I don't know if this, I don't know, I wasn't like listing out points. But this just came to me, right? Don't be difficult. I don't know if this is the point. Just don't be difficult. Just stay there. And I tell you, this is, this line, these three words, here I am, are probably the most powerful words in the entire Bible. Of course, after the word Jesus. Here's why. This is you admitting to God that although you're not where you want to be, although things are not like you want them to be, but you are still here with Him. Does that make sense? This is you admitting to God, God, everything is not perfect. God, I am still confused. God, I still have questions. God, my heart is still shaky. God, people are broken up with me. God, I am alone. But I am still here. Here I am. Sometimes in prayer, you don't, you're just there and you're trying to talk to God. But just, you, don't, you don't have anything to pray about. I know what is coming to your mind. You don't know what to say. Just say something like this. Here I am. Now I want to show you one. I want to show you the last verse. I believe... This is verse 4. Yeah, the last verse in this scripture. And I want to show you something there. Verse 5, please. And then God says this. Do not come any closer. That's very weird. God called him. Then why would God say, do not come any closer? Here's why. He says, take off your sandals. For the place where you are standing is holy ground. Now, um, this might sound crazy, but if I were Moses, this is what I'll be thinking. All right, um, yeah, Moses, Moses. Here I am, here I am. Don't come any closer. Like, what's the name of that movie? Squid Games, like. <laughs> Freeze. Like, don't come any closer. The ground on which you're standing is holy ground. Now, first of all, God, why would you come in the first place? You could have just said, um, take off your sandal, uh, Emmanuel, Emmanuel, then come, come forward. Why did God have to like, say, Moses, Moses? Yeah, I am. Take off, take off your sandals first. It's this. Listen to this. Now, by the way, by the way, just, I just want you to listen to this. That mountain was still a mountain. It's still a mountain with rocks on it and stones on the ground. And then God says, this place is holy ground. But holy does not mean the old place is looking very smooth. I want you to listen to this carefully. Holy does not mean everything is perfect. Here is holy ground. Even the trouble you might be in, in that moment, can still be holy. And what does holy mean? Holy does not mean sinless. It means that it's set apart by God. Once God is in it, it is holy. And so when God called to Moses and said, this 
place you are standing on is holy ground. God is trying to tell him that I am here now. I know there are still rocks and you might, if Moses takes off his shoe, takes off his shoe then, I mean, if you're standing on rocks, you know how, how like, painful they can feel. Right? God is saying, that, hey, it doesn't have to be perfect. Like, your room doesn't have to be perfectly arranged to hear God. I mean, of course, I'm not, this is not me advocating for you to have a dirty room. Please sweep your rooms. Amen? Um, but the goal is, anywhere you are can be perfect. I mean, can be holy, rather. Anywhere you are can be holy. Amen. And then the second point is, then God says, take, God said, take off your sandals. And I believe that that's God saying that. Because some of us, when we come to God, when we appear, everybody's appeared, has appeared here before God. I'm not God, of course. God is like, I guess he's just standing next to me. Um, I can't see him physically. But I believe that everyone here, even if we, don't, we didn't appear our best, at least we know that when we wake up, this is not the first version of us we see in the mirror. Yes or no? Like the first time we woke up in the mirror, like, Jesus, who is this guy? Like, <laughs> this is not the guy I saw last night with all the make. Like, so everybody here is, we- is wearing something or the one thing or the other to kind of, let's be very honest, hide something. If I have pimples on my face, I do. Glory to God, he's handling that. Amen. But if I, had, if I put, like, uh, I think my mom and my sister, like, they have this thing, like, God of heaven, uh, call it concealer to conceal. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want to like, make a preacher joke out of that. Like, can't try to conceal your past and conceal your sins. <laughs> Amen. But the truth is, everybody appears before God wearing a mask. Everybody appears before God wearing a mask. If I, if I say now that, if you know that um, you need God. Let me see your hand. Everybody's hands will be, will be up. Now, if I point to someone, if I say, um, sister, can you tell me what you need God for? We lie. We say things like, yeah, my academics, my finances. But the truth is, we know what we need God for the most. Inside of us. We know that, I know that I need God more with my temper. I know that I need God more with some things that I cannot even share in public. Right? So the point of God saying, take off your sandals, is God is saying, take off the mask. Get real with me. Are you getting this? Yeah. The point of God saying, take up your sandals, is saying, get real with me. Don't try to mask or hide anything. Get real with me. Like, tell God the truth. Tell God how it happened. Like, God, I don't know. Don't share God. The guy just called me. I was like, come. I didn't know. He told me he wanted to give me cheese bowl. Like, I, I just, I, I messed up, God. Tell God the entire thing. Don't try to like, well, God, you know, uh, you're all gracious and kind. Um, yep, I messed up. I don't did a lot of stuff, God, but I thank you for your grace sufficient. Amen. Instead of the cross. <laughs> like, God is going to look at that and see arrogance because it means that you're not even ready to get real with him. God wants you to get real with him. Here I am. Take off your sandals. God, this, that means I am becoming real with you. I'm not going to be hiding any of the things I did. Like, I'm not even going to like, try to pretend or try to like fake anything. I am going to be real with God. So God wants you to get real with him necessary interruptions. God will send things into your life to get your attention. And the plan of the fire on the bush was never to destroy the bush. It was to disturb Moses. The plan of God for the storms in your life was never to destroy you. That's why COVID came and couldn't destroy you. You had no idea what you were going to eat the next day, but still God provided. You are alive right now. That's why some of the things you... I mean, some of us should just be grateful that some of the things we went through didn't take us with it. Like, I believe we should just be clapping right now. Like, God, I thank you for some of the things I went through in my life did not swallow me up. Like, some of the bad things I went through did not take me with it. Like, 2021 happened, I didn't go with it. Like, I messed up. I mean, God, listen, 
God just looked at one city, no, one country, and was like, these people are so messed up. And do you know what he did? He ran down fire and brimstone. But I messed up last night. I messed up this morning. And God's like, and I'm still like, God, do you have mercy on me? And God's like, my mercy is sufficient. I should be grateful for those things. Like, some of the things, I should be, some of you should be happy for some of the people God took out of your lives. Like, I know that you planned the rest of your life with them. But truth is, if you had gotten married to that person, they would be the hell out of you. Like, you'd be there like, God. Some, you should be grateful for some storms God sent into your life. Because the end goal is for God to get your attention. Attention. Does God have your attention now? Like, do I have your attention? God wants your attention. That's been the goal all along. Necessary interruptions. Can you just put up my title for those who like probably still. This is necessary interruptions. God will necessarily interrupt you. Interrupt the order of your life. Not because he wants to destroy you. It's because he wants to get your attention. God wants to get your attention. How many of you will, be, will submit to him? Allow him to speak to you. Right? Or do you, want, do you want to wait till the entire world starts to fall apart before you can turn to God? It's crazy, but that's what will happen with some of us. I'm not being negative, but some of us will never know that God is calling us until everything around us, around us starts to turn the other way. Until people start to leave us. I tell you, um, there's people God took out of my life. But I pray, I, I really pray that you didn't. Like as people God took out of my life, not because they were they were bad or they would do me bad or evil. But God took some people away from my life. You know why? Because God saw that I was drawing my confidence from these people. That when they're around, I'll feel confident. And so what God did was he took them out of the picture to tell me, listen, I am God. You are sufficient in me. I am God Almighty. In me you are fulfilled. Draw your confidence from God, not from people or things or material goals or material goals. Let me say it that way. Or materialized goals, I meant to say. Draw your, your attention, your strength, your confidence from God. Amen. Because that is been that's been God's overall goal anyway. To get your attention. Because guess what? God has something he wants for you. God was still going to send this man to go and deliver the land of children of Israel from the land of Egypt. Although he was there. But guess what? Guess where God wanted him? Here. Moses was there. But God wanted him here. Now I don't know where your there looks like. I don't know where it is that, what it is that you have been chasing. Chasing after a career that God has not called you to. Chasing after goals, like financial goals that, that God has not called you for, or called you to right now. Some of us are just chasing after things. And God just wants you to be what? Here. Let's be on our face, everybody. Necessary interruptions. God wants us where? Here. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now, in this very, um, in this very holy moment, right? Because God is where? Here. Listen, God is not there. Of course, God is at the beginning and at the end, but He's most effective, like I said last week, where He is. Here. God is here right now. I just want you to, like, 
Close your eyes, everybody. Stretch, your, stretch out your hands to heaven. I just want you to be real. I, I don't want to hear what you're saying. I just want you to be real. And just tell God. The first words I want to come out of your mouth is, Here I am. Now tell God where you have been. That you do not want to be. You want to, be, you want to fulfill purpose. You want what He has waiting and said concerning your life to come to fulfillment. But you have not been where God wants you to be. Now God, we are here, God. Here I am, God. Here we are. You have sent the storm, God. It has gotten our attention. You, God, have gotten our attention, God. We say, here we are. Here I am, God. This place is holy ground. This place is holy ground. When oceans rise, my face will be on you, Jesus. Because when people leave me, God, I will look to you. Because that's the goal, Holy Spirit. You've disturbed me, God. Now you have my attention. God, you have my attention. I don't have to wait till I have certain things to be perfect. I don't have to wait until I stop sinning to be perfect, to come to you. You want me just the way I am. As broken as I am, as messed up as I am. I struggle with you sometimes, but you want me regardless. God, here I am. I am not perfect, but here I am. You know my history, God, but here I am. You know when I messed up, God, but here I am. You know when I mess up, when I will mess up again, God, but here I am, God. Here I am, Holy Spirit. Here I am. I am imperfect, God, but here I am. I mess up a lot, God, but here I am. I am imperfect, God, but here I am. Just the way I am. That's how you want me, God. You want me just the way I am. And here I am, Holy Spirit. I present myself before you, Holy Spirit. Just the way I am. Just the way I am. You do not care any less, God, for what I have done, what I did before coming here. All you care about is here and now. Here and now. Here and now, Holy Spirit. Here and now, Holy Spirit. Here and now, Holy Spirit. I am here, God, with you. Here I am. Here I am. Here I am. I have chased out of the things of the world, but they do not satisfy. That's not what you want from me. What you want from me is what I want for myself now, God. What you want from me is what I want for myself now, God. What you want from me is what I want for myself here and now. Thank you, God, for you are here and now. You are here, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I want every mouth to be silenced, all eyes to be closed, hands still stretched out to heaven. This is a holy moment. You recognize it or not. If you don't hear God calling your name, guess what? I am here to call your name. I don't know what your name is, but you can hear my voice. Just believe God is calling your name right now. The Bible says, I have called you by my name. You are mine. That's what God says in Isaiah 43. God says he has known you from the day you were in your mother's womb. God said he knits you together. He puts you together in your mother's womb. He formed you intricately. He knows your inner parts. God knows the things you don't share on Instagram. God knows the version of you people don't get to see on WhatsApp even. God knows the version of you you don't share on anything. The one you can't, you can't even say. He knows it. And he still wants you regardless. So right now, if you want to say yes to Jesus, like the song we sang before, before I started, if you, you want to say yes to Jesus, I just want you, this is, 
a holy moment right now. I don't know if God, want, if God has gotten your attention, but if he has, here is when you decide to give him your attention by saying yes to Jesus. You are imperfect, you have flaws. I am imperfect, I have flaws. But when I said yes to Jesus, it didn't take me to being, from being a sinner to being a perfect person. Uh-uh, uh-uh. But I'm progressing towards perfection. God is perfecting me every day. So right now, if you want to say yes to Jesus, I just want you to, under your breath, say yes now. Say yes. You have my attention. If you just want to say, if you, if you want to accept, accept Jesus, that's what it means. Accepting Jesus' focus. Just whisper under your breath. Say, God, here I am. Here I am. I want us to whisper, I want us to say this together, rather. I want the entire church to say this together. This is our confession of attention. Say, Lord Jesus, I want you to say boldly, say, Lord Jesus, I thank you. For long before I ever knew, long before I ever heard, long before I ever saw, you have been chasing after me. You have been calling for me. And you have been calling to me. I am a sinner who needs a savior. And now God, you have my attention. You have my undivided devotion. You have all of me. I say yes to you, Jesus. I say yes to you, Jesus. I say yes to you, Jesus. And from now, oh God, you are my Lord. You are my Redeemer. You are my Savior. You are my friend. And from now, henceforth, from here, henceforth, it is no longer high or live, but Christ who lives in me. It is no longer high or live, but Christ who lives in me. For by his death and his resurrection on the cross and from the grave, it has availed to me the position of the righteousness of God in Christ. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Give God a big hand, everybody.